for today's presentation without using much of the time i'll directly go to the presentation uh, i hope my laser pointer is visible we are going to discuss about some odia brevards uh, who had not just contributed to odisha's glory but uh, also had played a significant role in indian geopolitics and indic martial domination the title of the presentation is kalinga uh, sahajika this verse uh, i have borrowed it from uh, the mahabharata this uh, as the nature of the heading suggests this is a note to odia brevards and their significance for, from an indian perspective my name is somiranjan panda and this is my email id turaniyoverwine@gmail.com uh, anything about this talk good thing bad thing you can please write to me why i am doing this talk because uh, frankly indian mainstream history is still stuck with uh, delhi hangover thankfully a very minor population of indic intellectuals uh, during very recent times started talking about uh, indian martial domination of beat rajputs marathas cholas vijayanagar but sad to say odia martial history has not yet made it to their list so this is my humble try just to share about very eventful heritage that we have martial domination for today's talk we will be trying to cover uh, this this much of timeline uh, this presentation will be covering very cherry picked uh, events and examples spanning between 9th century before common era that is 2900 year ago to uh, 300 year ago that is uh, i will not be covering uh, beyond 17th century because beyond 17th century again freedom struggle post independence events that that is another talk itself that will take uh, another one hour i will not be covering exactly everything that happened within this 3000 year but yeah very i mean the creamiest of the creamy layer uh, i have cherry picked and i will we'll be talking about uh, that so uh, going to the first event of today's talk to our first hero of this presentation that is abhikinno karakandu a king who has glorified kalinga almost 3000 years ago not just because of its his martial domination but also for his nobility known to be the bull among the kings this uh, epithet was given to him none by none other than bhagwan mahavir jaina the 24th tirthankar of uh, uh, jaina uh, tradition then uh, he was a direct disciple of uh, bhagwan parshvanatha the 23rd tirthankar and uh, he was uh, among uh, the four chakravartis of his era uh, 3000 year ago not much of tangible evidence left now for to for us to know about him but uh, one book karakundu charai which talks mostly about his life and events uh, gave us the basic idea about his siege of champa other military expedition also his uh, uh, spiritual uh, events that happened during his time he was a jaina he became a jaina samana at the end of his reign and uh, uh, left the throne he was also known as pratyeksha buddha or the enlightened living being as he was called the bull among the kings uh, i believe the epithet uh, in modern uh, odisha's politics uh, people have used calling uh, a sanda uh, viju patnaik himself has used it uh, recently in many controversial way it has been used in many ways but uh, he as per uh, my knowledge or perspective he was the original calling a sanda 3000 year ago Known as the bull among the kings, given by that is given by none other than Mahavir Bhagwan, Mahavir Jaina himself. Going to the next event of uh, our timeline, that is 2,100 year ago, just after the very debatable phase of Asokan invasion, Kalinga has uh, been finding its way to re-establish herself. Came a very determined Jaina king from the royal house of Tejas, uh, changed the map and the mindset of Kalinga and people forever. 
ऐरा महाराज कलिंगाधिपती महामेघवान ऐरा खारवळा मोस्ट ऑफ द फॅक्ट अबाउट सम्राट ऐरा खारवळा कम्स फ्रॉम द हातीगुम फॅन्सिप्चर इट्स नॉट ओनली टॉक अबाउट हिज मार्शल हेजिमनी अगेन इट ऑल्सो टॉक अबाउट द इन्फ्रास्ट्रक्चर प्रोजेक्ट ही हॅज टेकन द सेलिब्रेशन ही हॅड डन ड्युरिंग हिज रेन दिस इज हातीगुम फॅन्सिप्शन इट टॉक्स अबाउट हिज सक्सेसफुल एक्सपेडिशन अगेन्स्ट रथिकास भोजकास देन सतकर्णीस it also talk about how he avenged uh, the king of magadha and brought back the kalinga jina one of the very sacred deity in jaina tradition this is a stone panel uh, from khandagiri itself where uh, kalinga jina is uh, getting worshiped by ayra uh, kharwala himself and uh, this elephant uh, as per my depiction mostly be mahamega uh, because kharwala's bahana uh, was a elephant whose name was mahamega so it might be that depiction it also uh, talks about how he being a jaina king also was coronated by brahmins uh, when he was blessed with a baby boy also he has done many vaidik tradition pujas and then he has done, done uh, rajasuya yagya which is mostly associated with uh, vaidik tradition so it mostly talk about uh, the coexistence and cohesiveness of both the branches of spiritualism uh, the vaidik tradition and jaina tradition uh, in his time kharwala also known to be a very uh, maintain who has maintained a very highly skilled uh, naval force hence uh, can be fairly maintained uh, termed as uh, a stepping father of uh, naval heritage of india this uh, map is showing kharwala's uh, uh, territorial splendor a uh, couple of i have zoomed it a bit here and uh, mark couple of important cities which he has uh, annexed uh, one of the verses from the hatikum inscription gives us uh, an idea about his 8th and 9th uh, year of reign uh, the events of this year are something which describe the ethos of bharata varsha which can be seen brilliantly in samrat karavala's uh, life or uh, in his action so uh, with a lot of enthusiasm with a spirit of revenge kalingadipati uh, with a mighty army went to his arch rival magadha to avenge it and uh, in the way he has destroyed gorathagiri the gateway to magadha and made it uh, till rajagriha that time magadha capital after reaching there at the time same time a yavana raja a greek king debatably demetrius camping around rajagriha was stressed by the kalingan forces haravala this time had three options one attack uh, rajagriha uh, irrespective of the situation second wait uh, for the greek force and the force of magadha fight among each other and then attack the winner and uh, as the winner would also have lost men in the first war then it would be easy for him to annex both, both the kingdom uh, or else thirdly just uh, second with uh, the greek king and uh, together attack magadha the common uh, enemy at that time but kharavala wing kharavala he chose a fourth way instead of expedition against magadha he uh, when magadha was basically threatened by a foreign army uh, or becoming a mute spectator of between uh, two one indian force and one foreign force colliding he attacked the greeks and chased them all the way till mathura and not only chased them finally made the greek king surrender also uh, there are tangible evidence of that kalpavriksha uh, and all which he brought from mathura so in this way uh, magadha was shaped from a greek invasion despite of uh, magadha being a traditional rival of kalinga this is the hatigum uh, sorry the rock cut uh, temples of udayagiri hills this side it is kandagiri this side is udayagiri so this event uh, uh, or incident happened 2000 year ago is a very strong proof of haravala and his philosophy uh, and his belief uh, that how significant the concept of belonging to one entity call it india call it bharatavarsha that time 
whatever you may want to call it but uh, irrespective of the regional and clan difference uh, uh, he went for attacking a invading foreign army that uh, shows a lot about his ideas and his philosophy uh, apart from all the other events bringing kalinga dina back uh, getting odisha's uh, martial domination back uh, this event is very close to me because of this uh, philosophy only going a bit ahead in the timeline to 1700 year ago in the history let us discuss the clan of nagas a very ancient illustrious clan uh, of indigenous people who were ruling indian subcontinent at that time mara satrubanja known as the moon among the king kalpabiksha ranasalinga also uh, he was the head among the naga leaders of his time uh, he used to be uh, the ruler of vidyatavi region that uh, modern day kyunjar uh, district and mayurbhanj district of odisha nearby sites the most knowledge about again maharaja satrubanja comes from the asanapath nataraja and uh, his inscription interestingly asanapath nataraj is the oldest surviving nataraja etching uh, available till now in the whole world maharaja satrubanja uh, being the master of both shastras and shastras a truly polymath he mastered uh, itihasa vyakarana sanskya this all uh, i mean asanapath inscription talks about it naya mimamsa vedas and buddhist uh, scriptures which again proves that uh, coexistence between buddhism and hinduism was very much there at that time also same uh, statements stand very correct because he has uh, also built monasteries for uh, across spiritual uh, beliefs uh, for the brahmacharis vaidya brahmacharis and parivrajaka janavarirajaka bodhavikshus everyone mara satrubanja should also be remembered as a king who was the leader of entire naga clan who were instrumental in overthrowing the foreign origin ruler kusanas of india kusanas no doubt have their own share of contribution to indian history but uh, frankly kusanas if they would have made it to a upper position in that time forget about this boundary reach everything their effect on indigenous art culture architecture sculpture i mean i'm talking about greek, greek influence on uh, all of this would have been more much and uh, indi- individuality would have suffered so he should be also remembered for someone uh, who stood uh, for the uh, indigness that time centuries uh, came and uh, went by uh, odisha saw many different uh, dynasties many many kings many queens uh, many uh, republic type government murundas pitravaktas matharas bhomakaras sailodhovas somavanshis Kesaris, uh, many more, and uh, finally the mystical arrival of Chodaganga Deva himself uh, made the starting of Eastern Ganga dynasty in uh, Odisha. He introduced uh, Jaga Akhada concept, uh, the martial training centers, which is still now continuing. And uh, these Akhada actually uh, were very fruitful during the deadly Islamic invasions uh, to Puri. all of them is their glories by their legacies of good governance state freshly guarded the sovereignty great economic prosperity uh, built cities built monuments built uh, infrastructures uh, strong maritime trade across indian ocean and beyond cohesive growth uh, of spiritual ideas beliefs faith and much more see martial ability comes from very strong prosperous wealthy state without wealth you cannot achieve martial uh, ability so in a way this thousand years if you want to see here was used to lay very strong foundation to create that uh, for the martial domination odias project for the next 500 years for this presentation though we will uh, take a very huge jump because of limitation of time we will go to time period of 800 years ago to 13th century common era uh, the political scenario of the then odisha was in turmoil 
facing many challenges many situations uh, mainly because of growing military threats along the borders uh, the northern boundary uh, it was delhi sultanate uh, and their turko afghan generals and then in the west it was kalachuris who were uh, been constant rivalry with uh, gangas uh, in the south it was the cholas possessed a very real time threat uh, at the southern southern border at this time came a very uh, wise strong and most importantly four sided ruler ananga bhimadeva tritiya sachidedi sadar king radaraja tritiya as a king of the ganga empire in odisha he was called rauta vilchiwai durgaputra rudraputra purushottama and kushtamputra because of his equal contribution to all the sect of hinduism they were not just padoning one uh, sect of uh, hinduism they were equal to everyone this is a depiction of ananga bhimadeva tritiya as per the naganatha uh, temple uh, naganatha mandira dinkanara in odisha you will mostly find uh, murtis depiction uh, stone depiction of uh, all the kings you will not find just uh, like 2d paintings and all Anangavi Madhava was also the very fast ruler of Odisha who declared himself just being the Rauta of Mahaprabhu Sijanatha, hence the trendsetter of Rauta concept, which means a mere surveyor of Mahaprabhu Sijanatha and consider Mahaprabhu Sijanatha himself the king of the kingdom. Uh, following this trendsetting decision, subsequently every ruler uh, in the land were uh, going with this philosophy and ruling Odisha merely as the Rauta of Mahaprabhu Sijanatha. Even this can be seen today also. this this is really unique because uh, across globe and many part of india you can see kings getting worshiped as uh, god but here the king very humbly declared god himself as the king and uh, acted as just a surveyor of mahaprabhu we have uh, i mean we all know how during rathatra the king himself goes and do grooming sweeping at, uh, in the rathas uh, so yeah this is an unique uh, concept started from anangabima devotri after becoming the king the very first activity he did did Uh, stressed upon the fortification of the entire uh, kingdom for this uh, very pragmatically he chose the location bifurcation of uh, river mahanadi and kathajodi uh, from the new capital and named it avinav varanasi katak or today's katak city varanasi again uh, the award come from the idea of uh, a city which between two rivers and avinav means new so new varanasi katak at uh, this strategic side again he built the very legendary odia fort baravati which was the heart throb of uh, odia martial hegemony till the end of uh, the glorious days of odisha lasted vishnu mahapatra the illustrious minister and uh, commander of anandavadeva tritiya during the time of uh, the ratnapura kalachuri king pratap malla this is a uh, map drawn by myself only so not a very accurate map but uh, just to give an idea about the kalachuri shamishan gangas the ratnapura kalachuri were in the south part of kalachuri uh, domination so yeah Ratnapura Kalachari King Pratap Malla was in constant war with Eastern uh, Bengal. So to sort it out in uh, one go to combat uh, these attacks, uh, the king Anangabhimadeva Tritya dispatched a large army uh, with his able commander Vishnu at the helm. The army uh, clashed at Sevri Narayan village of present-day Chhattisgarh, and uh, the result was very redeeming for the Odia forces. Uh, an inscription of the Chateshwar Temple uh, says that uh, Vishnu, the Vara, Brahmin minister of uh, and general of Anangabh Bhimadeva Tritya, terrified the king of Tumanna so much that the king started perceiving Vishnu universally all over his kingdom. He used to see Vishnu Mahapatra everywhere you go in his dream. This is the verse: Vishnu Mayam Yatha Pratimam Tumanna Prithvi Pade Tumanna Prithvi Pade Tumanna King Vishnu Mayam. He started seeing Vishnu everywhere. now let's talk about a very foresighted uh, idea or uh, event happened that time uh, that uh, 
45 generations uh, interestingly in the uh, rarest of the rarest gesture even after uh, the significant victory with uh, his wise counsel of uh, mr vishnu himself he established both matrimonial alliance and jealous diplomatic, diplomatic understanding with Kalachuri king by offering the hand of his daughter, Princess Chandrika Devi, uh, in marriage with a very brave and dynamic Kalachuri prince, Pranavadi Deva. Such diplomatic decision was made, keeping the uh, devastating foreign uh, enemy looming at the northern border of both of them, that is the Turko-Afghan forces uh, aided by Delhi Mostly, uh, as we know in history, it is winning leader ended up marrying the princess of the defeated party. But uh, going beyond this tri traditional way of mere displaying domination, Vishnu Mahapatra took a very unconventional and a wise decision, which that uh, did not just influence Odisha's geopolitics in that time. It has, but again, it has it has been fruitful for the generation. How you will see in uh, subsequent uh, slides. How immediately we will see now. Yasuddin Shah, the ruler of Bengal that time, was the successor of the infamous Vaktiyar Khilji. But he uh, did it, he invaded the northern territories of uh, Odisha that time by sending war fleets over rivers of Mahanadi to defend such enemy attacks uh, from an incoming military by a river. The newly built fort Varavati was very successful. Vishnu was combat ready with uh, reinforcement with, uh, from the Kalachuris now. Uh, uh, successfully managed to chase away the enemies. That is a temple again. Talk about this event that the king of uh, Sultan of Bengal was defeated by able commander of uh, Vishnu, who was able to pull the bowstring until the ears of his and shot arrows, killing many enemies. Even this incident is uh, described in Anand, uh, sorry, uh, Ananda Vasudeva temple. Uh, it says about how uh, Ananda Vasudeva uh, put an end to the war with the northern enemies. Uh, a bit about his southern expedition, which was more glorious than his northern expeditions. Another way, there was south expedition. We mostly come to know from the Alalna Temple inscription. Alalna Temple is all the way here, a little bit west and uh, south to Bangalore. Hence, uh, knowing how much area he has covered uh, during his reign. Alalna Temple uh, inscription talks about how Anangabhima Deva over in Kanchipuram and Sirangam, two southern India uh, cities, uh, in, and made it made his mark to court Chola territory. His queen, Somala Mahadevi, uh, to, he, she has also made, uh, the inscription uh, told us that uh, she has made uh, very generous gifts and treasures to the temple of Alalna. And also, Vardaraj Perimal Temple of Kanchipuram, where you can find the deities of Jagannath Balabhadra Subhadra, uh, which are dated to Anangabhima Deva's time, is a very tangible evidence of uh, Anangabhima Deva's domination over that area. Why I have included this slide? Because just to make everybody aware that wherever our kings went beyond frontier, they have positively done something for that society or uh, temples of that societies, which is a very uh, great thing we should take proud of. Going to the next slide, to his son, Langula Nusina Deva. Anangabhima Deva, with uh, all his grenadier, always uh, has an approach of defensive strategy uh, on the north frontier. Then came his son, Langula Nusina Deva. This is a depiction of him praying the sun god at Punarpa. He was one of the rarest of the early medieval uh, Indian king who was mercilessly offensive against the Delhi Sultanate uh, and their generals at uh, Bengal that time. He was a very surgical executor of tactical retreat warfare and had made glorious display of supreme martial skill by successfully hammering not just the Mamluks, uh, I mean the generals of Bengal, but also the joint force of Delhi Sultanate and Mamluks and many other fiduciary of Delhi Sultanate. 
but true to his gangal lineage langola narsingh dev is not just a monarch with martial domination but he has excellent contribution to odisha's architectural and spiritual regimen the world famous konarka was built by him uh, this is a uh, very interesting stole panel from konarka which talk about uh, how langola narsingh dev was uh, gifted a, a giraffe which was definitely not a indigenous animal of that time and uh, it cannot be find in india so uh, it talks about the uh, the connection of uh, odisha to africa through sea route or uh, the maritime uh, legacy of that time so the merchant of africa used to gift a giraffe to anamadev who sorry uh, langola narsingh dev who is sitting upon a war elephant langola narsingh dev also the inner sanctum of simanchalam temple was built uh, during his era and many more uh, other contribution he has to uh, odia architectural heritage his epithets uh, were yavanavanni ullava means the conqueror of yavana kingdom amira manavardana uh, means the vanquisher of avis of bengal gajapati the epithet gajapati is first time used by him can be found in the kapilas inscription of langola narsingh dev also known as uh, Paramahishwara, Durgaputra, Purushantaputra, for the same reason, I mean, equal contribution to all the sector museum. This is a depiction of him again from the Konarka, where he is practicing archery. This is a depiction of him, him and his wife, Chola Devi, the uh, Chola princess, and the Maya Devi, the Kalajuri princess, two wives uh, having, who were uh, listening to wise words of their gurus. About his martial domination, Narasimha Deva initiated his uh, initiated his uh, Bengal expedition around 1242 1243 with the help of semi independent Hindu rajas of South Bengal he, uh, who were mostly affected by the atrocities of Turk Mamluks. A heroic siege was led into the capital of uh, Turk Mamluk there, uh, that time, Gore, Lucknowi, and uh, in a zoomed view you can see this. Uh, Lucknowi was not just the capital, but it was their uh, strategic location of communication with their master in Delhi, the Delhi Sultanate. Though Lucknowi. he was occupied for a brief uh, period of time in the first battle of lucknowi but uh, it was well known to even the odias that uh, once the reinforcement will come from delhi it will be a bit trouble for them so they choose a very innovative way of uh, tactical warfare and uh, we'll just discuss how he hammered i mean uh, how they hammered the joint force of uh, delhi sultanate and the mamluks Uh, what they did is they tactically retreated in a particular path towards the towards the fort of uh, katasin or the modern day kontai kontai of uh, present day west bengal state an illusion was again created by the local ruler who were frustrated with the mamluks barbarism and uh, in the middle of the raging battle tugaral tughan the that times general of mamluks thought that uh, the odia spread away Uh, very cleverly trenches were uh, dug and uh, they made their uh, approach very slow down the enemy's approach and then they also left a few unattended elephants of their army i mean the odias left a few un- uh, elephant unattended of their army so that they the enemy will get lured and come to the trap here uh, which they have laid at katasin once the mamluks reached katasin which is a very strategic uh, Point for defense because it is it is basically uh, surrounded by cane bushes and uh, make it very uh, strategically defensive fort. Uh, once the Mamluk again uh, reached near Katasin, a very sudden, unprecedented attack was launched from the fort itself, and uh, then Minaji Siraj, uh, written by Tawakkat Nasir, who was accompanying the Mamluks that time, he has written everything about this war in his uh, book Minaji Siraj. Sorry, uh, Minaji uh, Siraj is his name. He has written in Tawakkat Nasir. 
who accommodate accommodate the mamluks uh, that while an detachment a detachment attacked them or the mamluks from the fort itself another detachment of 200 soldiers 50 horsemen and then high elephants emerged from the thick cane bushes and uh, massacred uh, the mamluks tughan himself the general uh, was wounded and uh, narrowly escaped in 1244 after one or two year of that uh, odia forces again uh, with uh, proper planning and reinforcement attacked lucknowdi and this time they uh, they just uh, were there to stay they uh, the that times uh, commander of that fort uh, was i think fakrul maluk uh, uh, fakrul mal uh, he was killed uh, i'm sorry if my pronunciation is wrong uh, i'm not sure how it is pronounced he was killed uh, with the uh, his entire detachment and the fort was occupied even the joint reinforcement of our delhi uh, sultan were no match to the odia army that time after this uh, second uh, attack uh, it was very humiliating for delhi sultanate itself and they just sacked the that time governor tuwahar after this I, I i'll just go a bit about uh, what are the areas which are permanently deserted that time in uh, odisha this was the bronze inscription of kendupatana describes about that uh, time period radha varendra evani nayana and the nasul the entire verse goes like uh, the ganga herself blackened with great extent by the flood of tears which washed away the surma and kazal from the eyes of yavanis of rad and varendra two provinces of the mamluks uh, who whose husband has been killed by narasimha devas army you know just like uh, this depiction we had uh, the rivers get uh, uh, getting red by blood and all like that uh, here rivers become black which area the rad and varendra if you see current days west bengal map and bangladesh map the western uh, west bengal is rad and the northern bangladesh today is varendra so this diagonally this area was permanently annexed and dissolved into odia territory about uh, the last one in 1247 after five year again the mamluk uh, reinforced with uh, delhi sultanate and other predatory kings made a very fresh attempt of uh, attack to the odia forces again tabakati nasir of minats mentioned that uh, two initial attack by the mamluks were very successful uh, but uh, eventually odia forces with uh, savantaray parwadi deva uh, their leader a uh, general leading from the front ensured that uh, a very violent uh, counter attack was raised uh, during at the port of umruddin or gadbandaran uh, as we call it now uh jahanabad that times uh, oh, sorry present day jahanabad that times umruddin parwadide was leading from the front and uh, unfortunately he attained viragati in the third fort uh, the general who was uh, in the so the leading factor of all these three expeditions uh, this incident encharged the odia army and they never fell before wrath was uh, enthused uh, to the mamluks mamluks halted their progress and uh, retreated back uh, retreated back to their stronghold when i took the name of parmadi the word as it uh, ring a bell yes uh, i mean hope everyone remembers the battle of shivri narayan when we talk about in rare sister anangbhima deva offered uh, his daughter's hand uh, princess andrika devi sar in marriage to a brave dynamic kalachari prince yes he was no other another than parmadi deva samantaray parmadi deva see uh, uh, minister vishnu had handpicked him and uh, he exceptionally with uh, i mean uh, coming to odia forces leading them from the front uh, with his exceptional battle skills 
gifted odisha three unbelievable wins where the forces odia forces are outnumbered by the joint great forces of delhi sultanate and mamluk still with his brilliant war tactics he, he not exactly born and uh, raised in odisha coming from the outside becoming one of us and uh, gifted us these three victories if it is the greatness of anangabhima devo he went for the ganga kalachari respectful uh, marital alliance it is the greatness of pramadhi devo who complimented uh, anangabhima devo's action with uh, every uh, ounce of his did that's why i called him the fairest of the foes and yet the dearest or more than dearest of the uh, friends this temple uh, ananda vasudeva temple was built in the memory of pramadhi devo one uh, trivia uh, anyone visiting Bhuvaneswar, please have Anna Prasad here. That is best in the city, or I can proudly say next to Puri Anna Prasad. Uh, you can the taste wise, it is uh, very good. Going a bit forward in the timeline, uh, by starting of 15th century, there are Mattabhanu Deva, uh, another Ganga king. Uh, sovereignty of Kalinga was pretty much unharmed, but uh, it was in boards of collapsing. The king was not a able administrator. The martial tradition built by earlier Ganga kings was not maintained, and then military was. because of this military was not able to cope up with that time geopolitics multidimensional threat and all fortunately for odisha uh, then came a emperor who was uh, who not only reinstalled the lost domination of uh, odisha but gradually become the most powerful king of 15th century of india with his unbelievable large kingdom in spite of the fact that he had mighty enemy that simultaneously has to fight from all direction Bengal Sultanate, Jodhpur Sultanate, Malwa Sultanate, Bahamani Sultanate, and then the mighty Vijayanagar Kingdom. Despite of them, he he was uh, that's why called one of the greatest uh, Odia king ever. Kapilendra Deva, Kamana to King, uh, also very fondly known in uh, Odisha as Lakshya Raja Ramodamani, or the resplendent traveler uh, among the hundred thousand kings, truly a people's king. This is a depiction of him getting coronated in the Kapileswar Mandir. Uh, this is his march. Uh, the famous uh, stone uh, panel from kapali mata bhubneswar he is a king from very humble uh, background uh, he was born as a commoner and raised as a soldier made it to the highest post of military brahmavara made it to the highest post of minister mahapatra and gradually become the king uh, there are two theories about uh, his origin and beginning one of which is as per madala panji which is uh, he was born in very poor uh, Cow keeper household named Kapila. The king that time of the Bhanu Deva has no children. Uh, once Mahaprabhu Jagannath himself come into the king's dream, and uh, then after that Mahaprabhu ordered the king that uh, next day uh, you will see a poor uh, boy eating leftover Mahaprasada near the Primala Temple of uh, Puri Sijana Temple, and uh, adopt him. He is in my order. He is the next king. Another one is that uh, he was bo- born to a very prestigious cavalry soldier household, the Rao household, uh, made it to the highest rank of army. That is from whatever as we discussed, and eventually adopted by the king and then become the ruler. There are other theories also. He rebelling against the king is there, but uh, it talks about how he came from the grassroots and uh, ruled uh, uh, all over uh, most part of uh, India that time and become one of the greatest of India as ever produced, uh, considering the challenges of that time. He uh, built an army from the scratch. Reintroduced uh, military spirit in Odia families. Every Odia families made sure that every possible able hands will uh, have a sword and uh, will be skilled to fight. With the Sahanis uh, marching with their elephants, the Rautas in the cavalry, so the, then the mighty Paikas built a very unconquerable forces. Uh, the epithet Gajapati 
comes from his unmatched elephant forces he possessed uh, in burani masjid a book written from the bahmani uh, sultanate perspective uh, it is written, written that the sultan of bahmani kingdom uh, in a battle was very much humiliated by seeing comparing the uh, elephant force of odisha that with his elephant force yeah, it is written that the sultan was humiliated by comparing his force of 200 elephants that two of 2 lakh elephant of the gajapati army this 2 lakh uh, number some say is uh, exaggerated but again it is coming from the enemy's uh, perspective uh, normally people who write their own history uh, exaggerate a bit but this data is from the enemy's perspective so uh, lay my case in that thing i'll not say much about uh, is it true or not known as gaudeswara because of his extraordinary battlefield glory over gaudadesa or bengal sultanate he just not momentarily defeated bengal silia size but dissolved majority of bengal and dissolved finally gauda or the bengal sultanate's capital into his own territory that's why gaudeswara navagodi karnataka kalavargeswara describes his southern domination eldest son of gajapati kumara hambiradeva went on expedition and first is rajamendri and then kambambettu by defeating the infamous barbaric bahmani general sanjar khan who was infamous for uh, slaving common people after kambambettu again hamira went to capture a very strategic fort in south india that is uh, uh, kondavidu kondavidu why it is strategic because of snaro uh, entry into the fort it make it extremely invincible uh, that's why it was very strategic uh, once kondavidu was annexed that time Shimansa, the Bahmani Sultan, was chasing one of the rebel Bahmani Sultan, one of the one of the rebel of Bahmani Sultan uh, that was Madhya Linga, leader of uh, I believe Velamach, yeah, the leader of Velama Madhya Linga. He he then uh, pleaded to Kapilendra Deva for help. He was uh, he was from the Varkonda court. Uh, uh, the combined army of Kapilendra Deva and uh, the Varkonda court then uh, hammered the Bahmani forces. Uh, Uh, it is written again in mahamani perspective only and then linga became a vassal king of kapilendra dev and devarakonda was next once they made a very strong base in devarakonda fort then uh, after this uh, strong base was made then um, the odia forces went and seized the warangal fort a stone inscription inside warangal fort has been recovered talking about this incidents uh, this is a print out of that inscription we talk about kumar hambira devas uh, son of uh, hambira deva mahapatra son of gajapati kapendra maharaj was uh, captured this fort once a strong base was made in warangal then gulbarga or kalavarga of that time was annexed hence the king king took the uh, kapendra deva took the epithet kalavargeswara after this also this is bidar uh, this about this attack of bidar there are many kattu poem a small poem in many telugu speaking areas uh, they believe this is how kumara ambedava avenged the bahmani atrocity done to them at kambapattu and rajal uh, and kondavedu uh, in this time hampi was also uh, seized the capital of vijayanagara kingdom hence kalavargeswara uh, but that term navagoti karnata uh, there are two theories of it first one uh, that he was controlling practically ruling over all of uh, bahmani and vijayanagara kingdom hence ruling over 9 crore object of vijayanagara and bahmani sultanate uh, that's why navagoti karnata karnata uh, wings karnata desa with vijayanagara this uh, derivation comes from koti becoming uh, koti as in crore but there are other deeper 
theories about this which uh, i find more relevant that is koti as we know also known in sanskrit as supreme so uh, it is uh, known that uh, this is backed by historical uh, inscriptions from arakot uh, one south uh, south arakot uh, i think from tamil nadu yes from tamil nadu that kaplanga deva was in control of nine crucial fort of uh, the core vijayanagara territory kondapalli tiruvallur tiruvallur uh, adanki vinukonda uh, belamkonda padividu trichinapalli uh, chandragiri and udagiri hence nine supreme forts adishwara so navagoti karnataka kalavarga is gulbarga that's adishwara so navagoti karnataka kalavargeswara because of his extreme ability uh, and success ratio in battlefield he was also known as viradi virovar so just to have a idea about how much big that stretch was in his kingdom 25000 uh, sorry 2500 km from all the way go to rameswaram uh, the the there are tangible uh, uh, evidence from munnur uh, temples which talk about uh, uh, amira devas uh, grant to the temple and then there are copper uh, plate i believe yeah, uh, anandavarman anandavarman couple copper plate of pratapurudra deva which talks about how hambira deva cleaned his blood stained sword in the water of southern rameswaram after defeating vijayanagara emperor so this was the stretch kaplanga deva was also known as sangrami sahasrava because he was blessed with many uh, right hands or many generals uh, his son himself hambira deva was a very able uh, leader hambira deva mahapatra his nephew raghavendra narendra mahapatra general ganadeva raoutrai then minister gopinath mahapatra who led the northern expedition again then uh, his grandson uh, son of hambira deva kumara dakshineswara mahapatra dakshina kapaleswara was also uh, in the duty of advance fort of uh, the godavadi kingdom uh, tumma gopala and many leaders of local regional leaders beat the reddy chiefs the velama chiefs they all have contributed equally to this territorial triumph known as trikalinga adhipati because she uh, was ruling all the kalinga and beyond kanji uh, kaveri adhipati because he was kanji the secondary capital of vijayanagara brahmaravara uh, because he was a general highest of the general because before becoming the king mahapatra because he was uh, highest of the minister mahamantri because before becoming the king Nandiraja because of the elephant uh, force he had Rautara because he was a Rauta of despite of all of this he was a Rauta of Mahapurusha Janata. This basically uh, how Gajapati Gaudeshwara Navagoti Karnada Kalavargeshwara Viradi Viravara Sangrame Sahasrava Hu Trikalinga Adipati Kanchi Kaveri Adipati Brahmaravara Mahapatra Nandiraja Rautara Kapalanda there was territorial triumph was used to look like that time. This is today's Odisha and this was his territorial triumph. despite of uh, enemies from all around the uh, bengal sultanate jonapur sultanate uh, jonapur sultanate and then delhi sultanate malwa sultanate um, there, there are uh, uh, some wars i skipped with uh, malwa sultanate uh, they had then uh, bahamanis then vijayanagara kingdom uh, all from every possible way he was attacked but he always triumphed he also uh, is the one who started the sunavesa or the radharajeshwar vesa vadatadav vesa as we call it where uh, mahaprabhu uh, and trinity uh, adorned with enormous amount of gold ornaments while being in the rathas uh, after bauda jatra uh, this was initiated by him a bit about kumar hambira deva uh, his ability his heroism and his tragedies
we have uh, already discussed how he has an extra most of uh, south to the gajapati kingdom hamare the wo paid a very high cost uh, being involved in the frontier fights uh, all his life and not putting his nose into the that time odisha politics in the, the core of odisha politics and lose the throne to his younger brother gajapati purushottama deva the last half of hamira's life is bit mystery according to some sources he after getting backstabbed uh, by uh, the katakpuri politics that time hamira revolted the bahamanis uh, supported him uh, initially he ruled kondapalli region and then uh, gradually made it to the katak fort uh, become gajapati for 3 4 years but uh, ultimately kapilendra deva outthrown him and uh, finally after some revolt he accepted uh, the sovereignty of uh, of purushottama uh, deva uh, i'm sorry purushottama deva did so this did so him i i think i told kapilendra deva i'm sorry and then however uh, in by 1484 they have fought together for uh, all the battles after 1484 hence uh, and on that he had made peace with his brother and uh, uh, he basically settled around kemundi region of uh, odisha Uh, this time it is uh, a mystery what would have been odisha's future if he would have been the king but uh, sometimes we don't we shouldn't uh, judge history we should just know what happened when we speak about the times of gajapati sri purushottama deva uh, the most retold uh, story associated with him is kanchi abhiyana many of us know it uh, i'll just retell it for uh, people who don't know it it's believed that uh, during his princely day purushottama deva and uh, kanji princess padmavati or upamika had secretly liked each other and uh, were hoping uh, to be married someday after becoming gajapati uh, to uphold uh, his promise there went a marriage proposal from the house of gajapati to the kanji but uh, kanji king who had heard of uh, a humbling tradition of uh, the king being rautavan then uh, uh, performing chera pohara sweeping rituals uh, in the rathas during rathatra was not pretty much interested uh, doing a uh, matrimonial alliance uh, because he was not impressed with this tradition uh, insulted the gajapati calling him uh, changala or uh, a sweeper this uh, as per gajapati's uh, point of view was not just his insult but the insult to the tradition of uh, jagannath culture and uh, was a insult of uh, mahaprabhu shivanath himself so decided to avenge in the first attempt he went to kanchi he went and attacked kanchi but uh, failed but again uh, with some get, uh, divine indication he again uh, rise and went to attack for the second time in his sorry second uh, march the towards kanchi a village village named manika godoni stopped the gajapati uh, near manika patana of uh, today's uh, odisha then uh, said that how two pikas uh, two cavalry heroes uh, one one with uh, dark complexion riding a white horse and then one with fair complexion riding riding a black horse uh, came there uh, was uh, were passing by and then uh, asked her to uh, for the water milk and cord uh, she was carrying they were not able to pay the price of that so then gifted her with a ring and asked her to uh, show the ring to the king and king will clear up the dues the king when uh, he saw that the ring to be none other than the ring of mahaprabhu shivanath ratnabudhi he was sure that mahaprabhu janatha valabhadra themselves was leading the army uh, as the guardian warriors in the black and white horse realizing this the gajapati army uh, who were demoralized very much because of the first defeat uh, charged again with renewed vigor defeated the kanchi army and avenged the insult that were dished out to their self respect uh, to the self respect of their land and their lord 
the deities of uh, prabhu sakyopala ma arunai ma varunai ma tarini prabhu uchishta ganesha this is deity of uchishta ganesha which can be found even today uh, inside puri temple were brought back uh, with the king also uh, princess rupambika padmavati was also brought back uh, with, uh, with the king the king although brought the princess uh, he was madly loved with but still in a rage of avenging the uh, in a rage of uh, avenging the insult uh, thrown to him uh, he ordered his minister to get uh, kanchi princess married to a sweeper the minister was wise to have a proper solution of this uh, situation the wise minister waited soon approaching rathatra and then on the eve of rathatra when the gadapati was doing grooming or uh, sweeping he asked the gadapati to marry the princess uh, as per the wise minister's defense there was no more other uh, eligible sweeper because the king was doing sweeping activity he was a sweeper and there was no more eligible sweeper uh, in the entire kingdom uh, apart from the king for the princess hence they both got married this immortal uh, and beloved story of odisha is a testimony of the supreme truth that uh, odia can keep quiet to abuse held at them but can't keep calm uh, at abuse held at uh, mahaprabhu shrinatha also odia's belief uh, that strongly that uh, shrinatha is always leading uh, their ways protecting defending the land heritage and their self respect across uh, generations kaplendadeva was also known as shetrakula dhumaketu because of uh, this expeditions and the his domination over Martial, uh, his martial ability. Basically. A bit about historical facets about Kanchi Abhiyana. It was Kanchi Abhiyana by nature is a folk tale, but uh, it is uh, solidly backed by historical authenticity. Internal civil war of Odisha gave a chance to Vijayanagara king that time, uh, Salwan Singh Deva, a chance to capture Udayagiri and Chandragiri fort. Initial attempt of peace with Vijayanagara was made uh, by trying to establish uh, marital, uh, sorry, uh, matrimonial alliance uh, was with uh, the. Vijayanagara kingdom was not not successful. Then uh, Prasthama Deva launched an attack. Uh, as for the tale, also first time he failed, but then there are solid historical evidence. The second time he recaptured not just the lost fort, but also seized Kanchi, the secondary capital of Vijayanagara, and also uh, imprisoned the enemy king Salwanar Singh Deva. Yet with hope of peace in the southern border, a, in a very goodwill gesture, the king. Uh, Salwanar Singh Deva was freed uh, in only exchange of Udayagiri and Chandragiri fort, which is a very uh, liberal uh, treaty that time we must understand. Also, uh, matrimonial alliance was established between Gajapati and uh, Vijayanagara kingdom, uh, so that peace will be intact in the southern border of uh, the Gajapati kingdom. Going a bit uh, forward to his son, Gajapati Purushottama Deva. Sorry, uh, son of Gajapati Purushottama Deva, that is uh, Pratavrudha Deva. Though uh, till the end of Pratavrudha Deva, core Odia territory was intact and safe. Uh, this is the time we can call twilight of dominance because this is the time when the degradation initiated. Pratavrudha Deva's initial 15 years was very glorious. So he was uh, very glorious in his martial domination also. Confronted uh, invasive Hussein Sa, forced him to surrender. But again, a prolonged, prolonged famine was the first role to him. Uh, in 1512, when Krishnadevara attacked uh, Udayagiri fort uh, with 34,000 infantry, 800 war elephants, 10,000 uh, Odia soldiers only, 1,000 kilometers away from the capital, without any supply of uh, manpower or ration, fought uh, very bravely till 18 months. Till eight, uh, till 18 months, and uh, there are Portuguese traveler uh, traveling with King of Vijayanagar, uh, Krishnadevara, that time. 
I think his name was Ferno Nguyen's. Uh, uh, he wrote that uh, there was a fight, severe fight in the outer uh, wall of the fort uh, took place, fight of tooth and nail. The Odia forces uh, fought with strong determination and uh, defended the position until the last breath. Again, condition was even worse at Kondavidu Fort in 1515 during the attack of Vijayanagara to Kondavidu Force. Crown Prince of Gajapati, Viravadra Deva himself was uh, at the fort, fighting with very negligible uh, army and uh, without zero food to eat, he fought for almost three months. Uh, Krishna Devara himself wrote in Amukta Malyada that Odia soldiers inside the fort uh, went to heaven without a single wound which exactly implies that uh, they died starvingly, but uh, never surrendered. Attacks from multiple fronts, the, the kind of understanding was created between Gangas and Kalachuris 300 years before was never achieved this time. Perhaps an assertive understanding between the Gajapatis and Krishnadevara would have saved both Odisha and Vijayanagar because Odisha was uh, fall of Patak happened in 1568 and fall of Ampi happened three years before that, I believe, 1565. Both the mighty Kingdom would have saved themselves with a assertive treaty, but uh, they never uh, went for it. Hence, they both got plundered. Treachery. While Ismail Raji was driven out of Odisha, when uh, actually Ismail Raji attacked Odisha when Pratap Deva was in south, he was again uh, chased away uh, by Pratap Deva and he was uh, taking refuge in Gadavandaran, which was uh, again closely besieged by the Gajapati himself. Govinda Vidyathara, one of the ministers of the Gajapati, backstabbed the Gajapati in the middle of a war. Govinda Vidyathara mysteriously left unpunished and interestingly was destined to play a very shocking part in the latter days. Situation uh, was pretty similar in the southern borders. Many general changed their sides and uh, many also many stayed uh, loyal uh, to the end, but many changed their sides. Personal tragedy. During the Battle of Kondavidu, we discussed uh, how Odia forces gave their life without food but never yield. We have discussed how many generals changed their side. But uh, in between all this nightmare, the proud hair of mighty Gajapati stood apart. Viravadra Deva, the crown prince, known to be the best of Khandayata, the most skilled royal in terms of sword fighting in the entire India, gave a very tough last-minute fight uh, to the Vijayanagara army, despite of having a negligible army and uh, negligible food to it. Legend says that uh, at the end, though the Odia prince came out of the fort uh, with the jail of achieving Viragati in the battlefield itself, Krishna I impressed uh, with his uh, fighting skill and jail, ordered to capture him alive. After arrest, he was taken to Vijayanagara court, where he was summoned by Krishna I for a fencing duel. When Biravadra Deva learned that uh, his opponent was a man of lower rank, uh, uh, he felt it was an insult to the Gajapati dynasty, dynasty itself. Uh, dared Krishna I himself uh, to a duel battle, but uh, still, when this simulating fight was forced upon him, in a very cruel and violent display of how to keep your uh, self-respect intact, uh, to keep the Odia Asmita intact, he chose to stab his own uh, sword into his chest and killed himself. The prince fought death over dishonor uh, of his clan, the death of the rightful heir of the beloved uh, and his beloved son, Viravadra Deva, uh, had a huge impact on the Gajapati. He decided to go for a treaty with Krishna Again, spiritualism that uh, spilled over to politics. Odisha in general and Puri in particular was a Vaishnavite hub from the days of Gangas and even beyond, um, before that. Jagadguru Sankaracharya, Ramanajacharya, Sayanacharya, Madhavacharya, many more great spiritual leaders have blessed Odisha with their knowledge. 
very clear through the disciples. In the time of Bajapati also came a, uh, another divine saint, uh, Sri Chaitanya Deva. The king himself becomes disciple. It was very natural for the king also because uh, of all the tragedy emotionally drained him. And uh, he was thirsty for some spiritual counseling and uh, naturally embraced to Chaitanya Deva's philosophy. The issue here was uh, Chaitanya Deva interfered with Odisha's politics, uh, which was certainly undue from his part. Be it advising the king to get more spiritually involved against the king's will of uh, attacking Bengal Sultanate, or be it asking Ramananda Rai, the southern governor, to stay back at Puri, a time when at the southern border, the general of southern front, uh, ports should be guarding the southern frontier with his life. Another instance, and Pratapurudha Deva ordered uh, execution of Gopinath Barjana, another governor of Medinipur, that time's northern frontier of uh, Odisha, who was found guilty of uh, misappropriation of a huge amount of state revenue. Sri Chaitanya Deva pleaded on behalf of uh, that governor and uh, again Gopinath Varjana was not only pardoned but also reinstalled uh, in the post of the governor of the northern division. It was uh, pathetic that the Gajapati himself allowed such an unwarranted interference of a religious preacher into the politics of his kingdom. Hence the downfall started. Pratapurudha Deva ruled 20 years after uh, he lost most of his, uh, the bigger uh, Odia kingdom, but uh, he could have retreated back with Jill uh, of uh, retrieving the lost kingdom, but uh, the immense military power inherited from his father Purushottama uh, Deva just melted, melted away within years like a piece of ice when the Gajapati paid no attention to towards it. However, in his defense, uh, in the northern frontier, uh, he was the supreme military leader all of his life. He is uh, also contribution to the spiritual and uh, literary heritage of Odisha is immense. It was after all the time of Sri Chaitanya Deva and uh, not only him, but Panchasakas. To be honest, sometimes uh, we had to blame no one except uh, the credibility of time. So perhaps uh, we are oversimplifying the history in a way. Again, yes, we must learn from... Uh, other history and use those learning, learning to safeguard the future. After this downfall, remember Govinda Vidyasara, how he, uh, I said he was destined to play a very shocking part, like uh, the minister who ditched the king in the middle of a war in the north. He killed both of uh, Pradhaburudha Deva's son, uh, Kalwa Deva, Kukharwa Deva. Legend says he killed 32 of his son and become the king himself. Thus, treachery unpunished to become the last nail of the Suryavanshi coffin. After Govinda Vidyadhar, his son Chakravata came. Chakravata was killed by his son Narasimha Deva because uh, of all this internal misery, the throne, to be honest, has lost the glory also. From this point uh, onwards, it is about the indomitable spirit of the latter Gajapatis because, to be frank, the martial domination was long gone. At this point came Gajapati Mukunda Deva, Bhoi Gajapati Mukunda Deva. Sorry, he was not Bhoi, uh, he was Jovan. He was an able uh, commander. He, within eight years of his rule, successfully able to restore status and esteem of the kingdom. But unfortunately, he uh, got entangled between the Mughals and the Bengal Afghans so politics. Though he was very much overconfident that the Mughals will help him against Bengal uh, Sultan, but Suleiman Karni, the Sultan of Bengal, really pretty much right and knew that Mughals will not help him. So, there are total 18 invasions happened to the temple of uh, Mahaprabhu Siyanatha within the span of almost 2000 years. But uh, see, 
13 of which happened within a short span of 165 years, which talk about the darker days of Odisha in that time. In 1568, the most gruesome attack was made by Pala Pahada, an uh, Afghan general. When uh, he with uh, Karni Prince, uh, they attacked the Odisha's frontier. None of the feudatory ruler of Odisha helped uh, Mukundadeva. Mukundadeva was killed by this, I mean, internal treachery. And then she was fighting at the frontier when Pala Pahada secretly made it inside Odisha. And uh, at the time, he was also, I mean, the king was killed uh, by Ramachandra Vanja, uh, who backstabbed the king and uh, declared himself the king. Interestingly, Ramachandra Vanja was also killed by Afghans. Oh, whatsoever, Kala Pahada, when he invaded, uh, he invaded Katak first and then Puri. Kala Pahada was not just a plunderer. He was a fanatic with a zeal of destroying everything iconographically celebrates. He seized the deities at Puri, uh, placed them into an elephant and uh, took them to Bengal, where they were burnt on the bank of Ganga. Fortunately, and Vaishnava, Vishara Mahanti followed Kala Pahada uh, in disguise of a madman. Uh, uh, when the deities were uh, getting burned, uh, he went uh, from the half burnt uh, deity, recovered the Brahmas, uh, the soul of the deities, as we call it, uh, the tradition of Brahmandal. We have to do as, uh, another talk of that, I'm not going into that. He managed to uh, get back the Brahmas and uh, get them back to Kujanga Gada, which is in present-day Javasimpur, Odisha. After this pitiful chapter of uh, Odia history came another very, uh, in his in a very own way, able king uh, from Bhoi dynasty, Bhoi Ramachandra Deva Pratham, on whom there are mainly two burdens. One was to reinstitute the deities at Puri Jana temple uh, and getting back uh, from Kujanga Gada. And, uh, second is most importantly, Bring back the lost military jill, at least, uh, of the Odia people. With his able minister, Vardhan Mahapatra, Najavati built a fort uh, in Khorda, which we all know now, the God of Khorda, Khorda fort, uh, named Jagannatha Kataka, made it uh, his capital. Vardhan Mahapatra introduced Durga Puja, or Sola Puja, Puja as a military festival in the Ottoman, not like what we are doing now, the Pendal culture and all that is, that came very later. That time it was mostly a celebration of value and courage. Uh, the worship of Shakti was symbolized uh, through worship of arms and ammunition. Paika of Akhada concept was again reintroduced. The display of military skill was made compulsory during the pujas. This way, spirit of courage and uh, penchant, of, uh, penchant for martial skill was uh, reincultivated uh, into the hearts of Odia people. Once the king was uh, confident of his ability to guard the temple, the king brought back the deities uh, to Jagannath Temple Puri. For this great act, he is called Dithya Indra The Gajapati also reintroduced Mahaprasada Seva, which was uh, the Chapan Vok, uh, as we call it, uh, which has been discontinued since fall of Mukunda Dev. The Madhara Panji mentioned that a congregation of Brahmins, uh, Sannyasis, Saints, Medicans, uh, Sevaks uh, together chanted Hari Bolo, uh, and uh, the king uh, was honored and called Thakura Raja or Chalandi Vishnu, the living Vishnu. In the entire history of Gajapati, including the Surya Vansis, no other king has been acclaimed, applauded, uh, and uh, held such high esteem by the common people as Ramachandra Deva because of his immense contribution, uh, uh, unequaled contribution, I'll say, to spirit of Odia society and the Ramath culture, despite of having no major martial power. That's the thing. Uh, he was not uh, controlling a great uh, army, yet uh, he did every bit possible uh, what he could have done. In Ramachandra's reign, also invasion happened from uh, Suleiman and Lusa, who were related to the Karnisa Bengal. 
then came Gajapati uh, Pursatama Deva, the, the uh, Bhoi Gajapati Pursatama Deva, who was an unfortunate king who faced most number of attacks to the temple. Mirja Khurram, uh, the commander of uh, Islam Khan, Nawab of Bengal invaded Puri in 1601. Then uh, the servitor of the Puri uh, temple, thankfully, smartly shifted the Ritis uh, to the village of Kapileswar near, near Puri. Hashim Khan, uh, Subedar of Odisha from the Mughal court, uh, invaded in 1608. Again, uh, that is were timely moved to Gopala temple of Purda. Both these attacks resulted loot and plunder to the temple and uh, killing of common people mercilessly in order to please their master Jahangir at uh, Mughal court. You might think that why I have uh, put uh, Kesudas name in bigger font, bigger bubble. Well, all of these previous invaders, at least to a logic that they were from a different religion, but uh, which might have motivated them to plunder. But Kesudas was a Hindu, was a Rajput. It's absolutely unimaginable how a Hindu himself can lay direct attack on an Chardham temple. Even the nature of the attack was very cowardice, then we cannot even think of uh, how he has attacked. He came to Puri disguise of a pilgrim uh, accompanied by his faithful soldiers during the time of Rathatra. As everyone was busy in the Gundija temple where the deities were at the time, they entered into uh, Jagannath temple and occupied it. The king immediately rushed with uh, his soldiers. Uh, uh, laid a counter strike. A very daredevilish move. Uh, uh, in a very daredevilish move, the Paika soldiers jumped into the premises of the temple with the help of the Rathas, putting them along the gates, uh, the four dwaras of uh, the Puri temple to fight the invaders. Because these chariots were helping the Paikas uh, to climb and jump, uh, the Rathput soldiers lined cloth, put geese available in the temple that time, and put uh, made it firewalls and put them into the chariots which again, the chariots very quickly got fire and burned into ashes. Many Paikas died without reinforcement inside the temple. Many Paikas burned alive, trying to climb even when the chariot was uh, burning. The king, in a desperate attempt to save the temple, forced to, to sign a treaty. Uh, the invader looted wealth uh, and, the, and went away. Even after this treaty, in a very cowardice way, when uh, peace was mutually agreed upon, while leaving the premises, Kesudas further killed many Paikas who were not battle ready, because after treaty no war, nobody was expecting uh, a battle. After this, another Rasput leader, Kalyan, uh, Kalyan Mal, attacked not once but twice. If, uh, in the first attack, he treacherously murdered uh, one minister and uh, killed 16 skilled generals of the Kurda king. But uh, thankfully, the deities were shifted to Brahmapura island of Chilika. In his second attack, though, he was not successful. He was retaliated violently by the Paibas who chased him up to Katak, which was his stronghold, uh, killed many of his soldiers. Again, uh, these two stories, Kesudas and Kalyanmal, very relevant to today's politics also. More than the outside enemy, it is they who we think are uh, one of us, but are not actually. Uh, they are more poisonous, I'll say. 1617, Mukram Khan uh, waged an invasion. Uh, Mukram Khan tried escaping away with the riches of all the golds and all, but uh, interestingly drowned in a way in his way back uh, in one of the rivers. So was you cannot call it also very successful. Either. After uh, him came after Pursatama Deva came uh, his son Boi Narasimha Deva. When immediately uh, after his coronation, uh, Ahmad Beg, I think yeah, Ahmad Beg, uh, Mirza Ahmad Beg uh, attacked. He did not uh, hold back. He crushed the invader and uh, Ahmad Beg himself nearly lost the life, his life. 
the nature of this counter attack was so devastating that uh, if you see here almost every year every 2 3 years there was an attack but after this attack for 24 long years there was no attack uh the next two attacks were again in 1945 sorry 1645 and 48 by uh, amir mutakkad khan and amir fateh khan during gadavadi dibashina deva srain uh, boi gadavadi dibashina deva aurangzeb himself gave a farman for demolition of the temple ikram khan the mughal general came to demolish the temple but uh, temple but uh, because of a very clever minister of the gadapati uh, and his smart bargaining skill the temple was uh, saved from being destroyed uh, akram khan was uh, corrupted by giving many uh, i mean much more wealth than he could have think of uh, just to spare the temple and uh, left with uh, all this uh, wealth interestingly he also uh, i mean uh, sent very uh, less chunk of it to the delhi darbar and kept uh, most of it for him the last islamic invasion happened during the time of ramachandra deva aditya uh, he very selflessly sacrificed else something which was honored and unthinkable and never happened after this also he the gajapati to safeguard the temple during the invasion of taki khan changed his religion uh, he became a muslim in order to save the temple sadly the liberalism and concept of reconversion was already pretty much started by the time gajapati ramachandra deva dutiya was never accepted and allowed inside puriyana temple though he had uh, reconverted back to hinduism after this it is a historical injustice done to him should not have happened however uh, the most significant feature of uh, in history of invasion to the temple is that uh, mahaprabhu janatha and uh, the trinities brahma of uh, the deities were never destroyed uh, which continued till today it uh, it paints it uh, we all are in lot of pain when we see uh, the temple of ayodhya kashi mathura are destroyed but uh, at puri uh, the temple of uh, mahaprabhu janatha remains stand still even after eight invasions this fact itself talks a lot about the indomitable zeal and uh, unfailing devotion of every odia as we take common or a king towards mahaprabhu janatha this eight in- invasions as per odia traditions are uh, considered as 18 agni parikshas mahaprabhu has taken of the odia clan which uh, with the blessing of mahaprabhu hopefully we have uh, passed towards uh, the end of the uh, presentation the next 300 year we i will be not talking today because it is again another chapter of history which will take much more time some of the book i loved and uh, gained this knowledge from in screen the image sources i have mentioned uh, from across instagram pages twitters blogs uh, many uh, websites uh, particular arts uh, from artists uh, so yeah these are my reference to end this presentation i'll say why the king of odishas were great because they are not just gracious at their mighty times they have contributed beyond the frontiers but were indomitable even at their worst i have started my presentation with a verse from mahabharata kalinga sachika i end my presentation with a verse from kapila puranam varshanam bharata shrestha deshanam utkalasmita utkalasya samodesha deshanasti mahitale the attack the eighth attack that was done uh, it was done by a hindu warrior who worked in the army of hashim khan who uh, attacked earlier uh, not in the army of uh, hashim khan i believe uh, kesumal and kalyan mandi both were from jangir's area
right and the ninth attack on the temple was done by uh, kalyanmal as you said and uh, he was he was the uh, kalyanmal uh, was the son of todarmal uh, akbar's time too yeah yes he was one of the navratnas in akbar's court so um, right and and i wanted to ask this question that when you wrote that they did not get any help from the neighboring hindu kings what was the reason for that was it because they themselves was very weak by that uh, time actually all that happened uh, uh, at the time of pratap judha deva and after that people abin feudatory kings normally uh, pay their tribute to a very powerful ruler who can combine them then uh, but uh, again uh, mukunda deva telanga mukunda deva you call him he was not a very i mean from a lineage of kings and uh, which a revolt happened every time when a new king comes uh, during kapilendra deva also this happened during chodanga deva also it happened during his time what happened uh, They they felt like uh, every feudatory kings or gadjat as we call it, they felt and Mayurbhanj and all, all these kings uh, they felt like see every two year three year things were changing that time they were not sure whom to I mean why should they pay some wealth and attributes if the king itself is not uh, a very great power or the throne actually lost that dignity in, in that time also Mukunda Deva was having a very close relationship with Akbar that time. Third Akbar will help him uh, during uh, when the Bengal Sultan will invade. But it, what was in Akbar's mind was Akbar was thinking when these two forces will fight, whoever will win, I'll fight, I'll attack them, and that's what he did actually after that. So yeah, the, he was tangled between this diplomacy. So I have a quick question. Uh, you explained about the Gajapati dynasty, and uh, you mentioned about few uh, kind of invasion and their power and all. But may I please ask you about the literary contribution of the gajapatis to the society literature wise uh, before the gajapati uh, even ganga kings gajapatis and then the latter hoi kings everybody himself have uh, written many uh, as we call natakas many uh, books many sanskrit literature uh, and they were uh, literature uh, they were pardoning uh, literature pretty much also during kapilendra deva's time it was peak of uh, the odia regions uh, movement i can say saladas uh, adikavi as we call him he was from its time then uh, uh, mahabharata uh, odia mahabharata was written uh, during his time so yeah odia literature started taking peak from kapilendra deva's time odia was uh, declared as rashtrabhasha during kapilendra deva's time and from there again during pratapudra deva panchasaka odia bhagavata was written during pratapudra deva's time uh, Uh, and then uh, all the panchasakas uh, janardas palarandas achyudanandas and all uh, they have their own uh, malika was written on that time uh, even after that during narasimha deva i think salavega uh, we didn't uh, talk about uh, uh, him today because of uh, limitation of time but uh, many i mean uh, odia being a classical language uh, definitely have a rich uh, history of his own Uh, and uh, because of this king without uh, their contribution how i mean without king con- contribution no art form can survive of course they have uh, uh, rich uh, contribution towards the odia literary uh, tradition and uh, sanskrit literary tradition also thank you parag for the question also we have another talk on uh, orisha culture and you know the whole uh, history of it by preeta raut she is here also and she's given a beautiful talk which is on our channel and it's about the glory of the heritage and culture of odisha i think if you could go to sangam talks and watch that it's just it was recently premiered i think that's wonderful to display the culture and the history my, my question was about uh, so do you plan on giving a talk on like maritime history of odisha 
like was was there any martial part in the maritime history like for example like going to like southeastern asia like indonesia and uh, if i am not mistaken i think bali jatra does make a reference yes, to yes, 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 yes. so was it purely like a trade and cultural exchange or was there any sort of uh, naval power also uh, in trade the- can never happen without without having a uh, solid uh, naval power otherwise you will get looted in the middle of the sea uh, there was a uh, great talk as uh, tania just mentioned uh, from pritani she has done a great uh, great talks it is there in sangam talks youtube channel kindly go through it uh, she has gone through this uh, naval traditional maritime histories uh, there are uh, the, i mean a lot of i mean it it can be never possible business and uh, then martial domination they both go side to side Uh, you can never have, have one of this and uh, the other will not be there even there are uh, dynasties in we have uh, sailodhova dynasty in uh, odisha then there is a sailendra dynasty uh, in that part then uh, we have uh, a uh, we have kondinna gotri brahmins uh, in odisha mostly and then uh, there in kambhoj or cambodia they believe that their clan started by from a brahmin called kondinna and a naga prince who came there and started that plan so a lot of uh, uh, insights are there to it please go through that talk i think it is there in uh, very recent videos of uh, sangam talk you will find it easily uh, i'm interested in history but of course i'm far from being any sort of expert but i believe megasthenes uh, in his indica does mention like about the elephants from kalinga being of the best quality or s- something like that so yes. was it uh, around the time so my guess would be megasthenes was around the time uh, of uh, kharavada right would that be bit before that i believe or around that time yes i mean uh, again uh, bit before that or around that time yeah okay not not only megasthenes it was uh, chanakya many people have written about the elephant domination of uh, odisha so yeah yeah but but somehow i feel like uh, even today for example in temple culture of kerala you'll see elephants being treated very well but somehow i had to gather this from a history book like for example right now we know there is a bunch of elephants near bhubaneswar there is a chandaka sanctuary and all that but uh, still uh, like the veneration for the elephants i don't see as a part of uh, like our cultural tradition so where, when was it lost in a sense like would you say it was lost at some point and it was lost uh, during the very late part of the latter boys i mean uh... in 17th century 18th century uh, it was not lost it is uh, gradually started fading away even if you will uh, talk to our previous generation uh, they will or our grandfathers used to tell me the story of how uh, elephant used to come to the street of every village in odisha and uh, during rathatra palkin of uh, gajapati where uh, he comes to do the chera pahara that time also elephant used to uh, guard him uh, during that but slowly the problem is the modern odisha is uh, suffering from intellectual uh, theft or uh, i'll say i mean <laughs> we are seeing everywhere else than our own uh, martial history or history to be particular uh, we i mean 99% of odisha doesn't know their literary history their martial history their uh, maritime history and all sort of uh, temple architecture history we we go to places to visit many and call them uh, i'm forgetting the name uh, well i mean uh, like silicon valley of west uh, we call uh, now movies have uh, pictureized how kashmir was known as uh, silicon valley of uh, east but uh, 
during uh, if you'll see 9th century before christ it was varma was known as kalinga rata rata is a province of rashtra and then there is a provinces in brahma called varma uh, called ukkala so there are i mean uh, it is slowly we don't know this uh, we, we don't know all of this uh, just like we don't know about our elephant uh, hegemony so yeah that's uh, unfortunate but uh, hopefully one day uh, we will uh, at least be aware about the history if not uh, get it back thank you so much somya and i think that's why this is also an initiative to present orisha's great culture and history and glory on sangam talks i think we need to know about it else we just you know associate it with spirituality and puri jagannath temple which is of course the core center of everything that happens there but we also need to know about uh, the great history martial history culture the trade it's it's played a very important part so what was uh, karabala's uh, impact on uh, deep south tamil tamil region where uh, cheras uh, uh, jolas yes. and that yeah. region was there what was his uh, impact on that part of the country he had uh, if you'll see the karabala's map i'll i'll, I'll reshare my screen if you'll see this was his territory i mean uh, this itself talks a lot about his presence and uh, domination over the south so it was a uh, great learning uh, from somia he described a lot of things but i was just wondering if in news near future is there any talk going to happen for uh, our western odisha any lost emperor who has got impacted for like mostly historical uh, by putting their effort or doing some activity where they should have recognized but they got lost so the somavanshis originally come from uh, western uh, odisha and then there are many the few when it uh, when it was ganga dandal uh, so now in severinarayan the battle happened which is in present day satyagarh that means before i mean severinarayan everything was in ganga uh, domination so that time it was one i mean uh, there is no feudatory concept uh, when uh, before that before gangas there were uh, somavanshis and uh, all they came from western uh, odisha and then after uh, during the voyage and all they were got uh, when this gadjat concept came uh, that also had that uh, history in uh, western odisha so yeah uh, that can be a separate talk but again yeah when we can we have to again uh, think of that type yes we would be covering that and i think some portion of it is also covered in preeta's talk so if you can go through it to see the glory of our trade and our uh, history in odisha i think then we'll also be having more talks of course uh, uh, preeta if you can just give a few uh, concluding comments very nice talk by somya very uh, a large time period uh, which could like the maximum condensation that could be done into this amount of time but of course a lot more can be uh, you know done in the coming uh, you know in the future in the times to come and um, as per different parts of odisha and all my you know the, just my two cents here is our humble attempt to uh, present all about the odisha culture not just just parts of it because odisha as it is today is a amalgamation is a uh, like a progression of everything that has gone like each and every part each and every region each and every people have their contribution to it 
so um, like cherry picking whatever significant things have happened not just dynasties and rulers but also different events and different others not so well known aspects about odisha that we need to showcase to a greater audience that this is our humble attempt here and um, we are actually not trained uh, historians or uh, trained experts in history and culture it's more of a passion of unraveling our heritage and roots and taking it forward to the next generations and uh, also as many people in the world as possible so so thank you sangam talks for giving a platform to showcase odisha to such a greater audience yeah and um, anything uh, Uh, in the future uh, somya also has given his email my email is also there on the talk that was there couple of weeks ago so please feel free to contact us by email if we could help you in whatever we found in our research or references we could share that so thank you again thank you so much uh, preeta also i would request all of you to since we have constraints on a zoom platform and time period so we try to just present Uh, a picture to you but uh, somya has given a lot of links towards the end of the slide where uh, the references that he has given want to have authentic knowledge go for the books i'll say uh, part and parcel of the knowledge is dangerous so i'll i'll highly recommend go for the books out of this at least to start with you can start with gajapati this is available in amazon madala panji uh, i don't know where you'll find it but it's a very small book uh, this is not actually the whole of madala panji whatever uh, uh, atavallo uh, mohanti sarath uh, found and compiled it is that so uh, out of the books i'll say first one this gajapati uh, a king without kingdom uh, you can start with it uh, or uh, you can actually start with glimpses of glimpses of kalingan history the very beautifully written by manmoth kumar das manmoth kumar das is elder brother of the legendary uh, manos das this is a must read i'll say and then madara panji also you can madara panji it's very hard to depict or uh, to understand what it is written it is written in a very indirect poetic form kapilendava uh, by godavari samishra is written in godavari samishra style so it was not uh, very in depth and uh, but uh, you can start this is in odia by the way then inscription of suryavanshi this is purely they have given i mean uh, r subramanian sir has collected all the inscriptions and uh, made a Uh, file of i mean book out of it uh, you cannot find any meaning i mean why this inscription was there please to the post story that you have to find by yourself samarika uh, sanskruti will give you things which mostly i have not uh, kept in my presentation which is about how, i mean the type of pikas the who were uh, how many kind of work, what kind of warfare they used to practice uh, all those things culture uh, military culture uh, this is again like in odia so in english you can find history of odisha glimpses of kalinga history inscription of odisha gajapati a king uh, without kingdom all the inscription also are in partially in english in the like that. and also at the bottom there are a lot of instagram yeah. and blogs here yeah follow all of them they used to uh, post very nice content yeah. and follow sangam talks uh, most importantly to know uh, i mean many of my knowledge also i have uh, got it from uh, talks of uh, videos of Tung- uh, sangam talks uh, youtube channel uh, uh, so a huge shout out and thank to sangam talks to make it happen and uh, it uh, it is really nice to be in an era when uh, there are platform like this so thank you 
thank you so much samya i think uh, sangam talks is thankful to people like you who have this enthusiasm for history and want to do something for their own state i think without this it's a mutual collaboration so i would request all of you to please um, follow us on twitter on uh, facebook on instagram and of course our youtube channel sangam talks we are on twitter by sangam talks facebook by sangam talks so it's very simple so i thank everybody for joining in and uh, you'll be intimated about further talks on our social media handles so please do follow us thank you so much somya thank you preeta and thank you everybody for joining us thank you jai jagannath